All right. Good morning. Welcome to Kersey Community Church and one more time of online services. And hopefully we're going to be able to meet soon. Uh, trust that you're praying and uh, we're praying for you. If you have any prayer needs, we'd love to pray with you about it. Call us during the week. But welcome. And as we, uh, we, we also just want to give a special congratulations again to the high school graduates and, uh, are thankful for who they are and the plans that they have. And we just pray that God will just be using them in the future. And as we begin our uh, sermon this morning, and we're going to just be talking about, uh, the series on Philippians and talking about stress and really kind of talking about, uh, we can choose to, to not be anxious today. And so let's have a word of prayer as we begin our service this morning. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for your word today, and, and Lord, we do pray a special blessing upon our high school graduates. We just pray that you'll just bless them and, and the plans that they have, that first and foremost, they'll just follow you all the days of their life, and they can just be great examples to the people around them. And Lord, for our uh, scripture this morning, we just pray that it speaks to us, and just open up our hearts, and uh, let us be open to what you have for us. And, and Lord, when it's concerning this stress and anxiety, it seems like in this world today, we have a lot of it. And Lord, I know that we can just give it to you. So just be with us today in this time. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So <clears throat> if I had a screen or a projector or whatever, I would probably put on there that says, Stress, uh, dear stress, let's just break up. Now, if it were only that simple, the Apostle Paul was writing to the Philippian church He's in prison as he's writing this letter, and it had been a very stressful situation that he's in. Yet in verse 13 of chapter 4, he makes this statement. He says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. So Paul is eager to share what he has learned through the experience he's going through of being imprisoned, through this hard experience. So then he goes to verse 6 of chapter 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And then he says this, Do not be anxious about anything. Wow. Do not be anxious about anything. So can we choose to rejoice always then, like he says? Can we choose to not be anxious? Now, sometimes we have to have some counseling and professional help of what we're going through with the anxiety and stress. But a lot of our stressful situations, the apostle tells us about, he says, do not be anxious. Instead, rejoice in the Lord. Paul is telling us, choose to rejoice. Now, the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk, which we like to say that, Habakkuk, say that three times quick. He lived in a very stressful time, and in Habakkuk 3, verses 17 through 19, he writes this poem about choosing to rejoice. And he says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. So while we might not choose, we might not be able to choose what happens to us, 
we can choose what happens with us. So let's look at our scripture this morning. And if you have your Bibles and your Bible app or however you're going to do that, turn to Philippians chapter four. And I'm just going to read verses four through seven. And here's what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So prayer is the alternative to worry and fear and anxiety. When Jesus is in his earthly ministry, when he was anxious, what did he do? Turn over to Matthew 26. Start with verse 37. It says this. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will but as you will. So when anxiety overwhelms us, it seems like prayer is the last thing that we try to do. It's the last thing that's on our minds. I mean, if our plate is full already and we're stressed about that, we're anxious about that, it almost seems like if I got to pray, that's more time. I don't have time. So, I want to do something to do my anxiety, so I run around and be busy. When we'll take time to pray, it will settle our minds, and it will allow God to guide us to peace. And then Paul tells us how we should pray. He says, by prayer and petition, he says, present your request to God. Now, a lot of times we talk about uh, praying on our knees and get focused on all that, but sometimes we get on our knees to pray, but we don't pray. We just get on our knees and we keep worrying. That doesn't help. I mean, how many times have we done that? We should be asking God to either change us or change our situation. When we pray, we need to get down to business. What do I want? What do I need? Sometimes those are two different things. We might ask God, uh, what about the people I care about? You might even want to write out your prayer to God. But then he says, so he says, by prayer and petition, and then he says, present your request to God, and then he says, with thanksgiving. Now, thanksgiving is not like saying, uh, thank you, God, that my life stinks right now. I'm just so thankful for that. No, the thanksgiving that I think we're talking about, it's more like, thank you, God, that I can trust you with my life. Thank you, God, that I know that you can use the bad things that might be going on in my life right now, and and it's going to be used for your good. And then at the same time, as we're thanking God, we need to thank God for the good things. A lot of times we don't give him thanks for all the good that he's doing in our lives. We might have lost our job, but we're still healthy or we might have lost our health but our family's okay we might have lost our friends but our character is still there and then he says 
And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So you see, prayer is not only asking, and it's even more than thanking God. Prayer is finding peace with God. There was a child who came home from Sunday school to share what they had learned and I thought they had some profound wisdom here. And here's what the little girl says. Sometimes you don't have to ask God for anything. Sometimes you just want to talk to him. And I thought that was good. Prayer is talking to God. He's talking to God, our father, who is really there, who loves us, who cares for us. And so sometimes just talking to God can make a huge difference in our lives. Our heart and our mind is changed. The Spirit of Christ brings peace into our lives. So we can choose to pray. We can also choose to fill our minds with positive thoughts. Look at verse 8 of chapter 4. He says, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. So it's choosing our perspective. Our minds are always filled with something. When we are stressed, our minds can be flooded with all sorts of irrational thoughts, unhealthy thoughts. So if we can fill our minds with the good things, there's going to be less room for the bad. And so then the Apostle Paul starts listing some of the good things. He says, whatever is true. So what is true? Well, we know that truth is God loves us, that God has a plan for our lives. We know truth is God will never leave us or forsake us. He's with us all the way through our lives. We know that tomorrow's another day. We know that the future is all in God's hands. And in the end, we know that things do work good Work out together for good to those who love Christ. Those who belong to Christ. And then Paul says, whatever is noble. I mean, we can focus all of our life on what's wrong. We can talk about all the injustices that we go through, whether it's at work or school or people don't like us, or we could even think about the injustice of all the scary events that are going on in the world today. And the Apostle Paul's telling us, rise above that. He says, rejoice in the God who stands for justice and truth. See people as God sees them. And how does God see people? He sees them many times as hurting. He sees them as oppressed many times by evil. He he sees people as they're confused a lot of times. And so sometimes we need to give people the benefit of the doubt. We need to be able to forgive people when necessary. And we need to let go of our right to judge them. Paul goes on and says, whatever is right, whatever is pure. Now, I don't know about you, I get, uh, I get hundreds of emails a day. And some of them are, most of them are ads and junk mail. But in an email I got, it was a stress management tip. And here's what it said. It said, picture yourself very near a stream. <sighs> the birds are softly chirping in the cool mountain air. No one knows of this secret place. 
Nothing can bother you there. The soothing sound of a gentle waterfall fills the air with a cascade of serenity. The water is cool and crystal clear. It says, you can make out the face of the person whose head you're holding under the water. Now there, don't you, now then, don't you feel better? You see, wrong thoughts and impure motives and, and just make things worse. We're supposed to think about what is right. What would God have us do? Purify the way that you look at people. Look at what hopes that you might have. And then he says, whatever is lovely or admirable, excellent or praiseworthy. He says, think about those things. Because it's really easy for us to obsess about what's wrong with people, what's wrong with society. But maybe we need to turn it around and say, what's good with people? What's good about them? We can be troubled by the events of the world. But what, is, what good is going on in the world? And there's good that's going on. Think about the people we respect. The friends that we appreciate that are in our lives. The things that are done for us and to other people with, with just goodwill and love. I think we're supposed to fill our minds with those. So we can choose to live a godly life as well. Now there was another study about people under stress. And here's what it says. 70% admitted that a doctor had recommended that they change their lifestyle or make some kind of behavioral change in order to help them with their stress that they're going through. What's interesting is 70% of these people did not make any of those changes. And in a sense, what they were choosing is to not reduce their stress. Paul says in verse 9, he says, Whatever you learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. So Paul says, put it into practice. Live in light of the gospel. He says, confess your sins openly and honestly to God. Keep short accounts with God. We need to accept Christ's forgiveness. And we need to really believe and celebrate God's grace in our lives. And we need to pass God's grace on to others. We need to forgive and encourage as Christ did. We need to live our lives as God commands. We need to live by the Ten Commandments. That's a, that's a good thing to do. It reduces a lot of stress. Because if you think about it, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember what your story was or the lies that you were trying to tell. If you don't cheat or steal, you don't have to worry about being caught. If you don't covet, you're going to be more infinitely content in your life. If we observe the Sabbath and uh, Sabbath rest and worship, many times our stress will dissipate. But going, on, going beyond the Ten Commandments, we need to practice what Jesus commanded in the Sermon on the Mount. Go to Matthew. If you've been doing on the online Wednesday night study with Pastor Scott, he's been going through the Sermon on the Mount, some good stuff. But for example, Jesus commands, he says, he deals with anger. He says, deal with anger before you go to bed. He says, don't judge. Leave the judging and vengeance to God. He says, forgive freely. 
He says, don't try to accumulate treasure on earth. He tells us to, to deal with conflict directly. So many other things that Jesus said that can help us on this. But if your stress level is high, I want you to try something for a week. You might want to do it more than a week. But each day, open your Bible up to Matthew chapters 5 through 7 and read the Sermon on the Mount. Each day, read the Beatitudes that begin the sermon and meditate on that passage of Scripture of what Jesus is telling you. And then maybe take a section from the next chapter. Think about how you or what you can do, what Jesus is telling you to relieve your stress. Because I think if we could do this and just take some time and read through some of these passages, our stress level is going to go down. Another thing is we need to invest in God's kingdom. Now that might sound like a little more stress. Stress does not come from overcommitment. Stress comes from unwise commitments. In the kingdom of God, we make wise commitments to seek God's best for ourselves and for the people around us. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34, very familiar passage of scripture, he says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So you see, when we seek God's kingdom, of, we are focused on a kingdom in our priorities. Our lives have direction. Our lives have meaning. We start lessening the anxiety of a life without direction or purpose. We have the satisfaction of spending our time and efforts on the things that really do matter in life. And in the end, we know that nothing we do for God and His kingdom is empty or done in vain. So it comes down to this. How do we overcome anxiety? Well, we need to pray. We need to obey. We need to invest in God's kingdom. And when we do so, our anxiety will give away to trust. The weight of stress will go, will give way to the joy of our Savior. So just in, in closing this morning, I want to read our passage of Scripture out of Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9 again. And if you're out there and you're watching this, I, I, I guess I'm asking you to maybe close your eyes and just listen as I read this. And it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is, admir whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So I trust that we can all have our anxiety and stress relieved a little bit by thinking on the things that God would want us to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. 
And Lord, we just pray that we can really follow the practices that you've given us in Scripture. We thank you for the words of Paul here, to think about those things that are right and pure and lovely and admirable and trustworthy, praiseworthy. And Lord, we also thank you for the Scripture in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, that uh, gives us so many insights in realizing what our priorities are and what they need to be. But Lord, I just pray that we can keep our eyes and our lives focused on you, that we can think about the positive things that you have done in our lives, and we thank you that you love us and that we can rejoice always. And Lord, again, I just pray that if there's anyone here going through an awful lot of stress and anxiety, let them realize that they are not alone, that you are with them, and that there's many, many people out here that are praying for them. And Lord, maybe there's someone here that does not know you. I just pray that you will uh, speak to them and they will reach out to you and ask you into their life. And again, we just thank you for this time together. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.